0: You ever been trapped in a pit of despair? Okay, maybe you haven't been bound in a dungeon with some bug-eyed scary dude, eager to torture and kill you like Wesley and the Princess Bride, but have you ever had those moments where you just don't know how to take the next step in life? When life seems just so overwhelming that you don't know what to say or do next? Moments when you don't have anything to do but to scream or to cry. Perhaps you had one of those moments this morning feeling distraught as you tried to get your children in the car decently dressed for church and they just would not cooperate. Leaving you to feel as if you have no idea what you're doing as a parent. Maybe This week, you walked through the hellish task of washing, bedding, and hand cleaning the creases and folds of your child's stuffed animals and baby dolls because they fell victim to the little one not making it to the bathroom when her stomach decided to erupt. Maybe you're stuck in the mud of watching a loved one fight for life, trying to understand how to help your prodigal child fighting for your marriage to survive as your spouse continues to check out. Maybe you're the kid watching your parents tear each other apart every single day. Maybe like me, you're angry about the state of your culture. You're fed up with people on both sides of the political spectrum who argue over which of their depraved political candidates is better. You know, I guess we still fall into the same trap that Pastor Wayne talked about last week as little children fight about whose daddy is stronger all the while missing the point of who really sits on the throne. In these moments of chaos, we must respond properly. For true peace We must live out these circumstances in a God-honoring way. We must process in a way that the Lord desires us to process. You and I need to learn to lament in truth before our Father so that we find peace in the chaos. Now, according to Webster... Lament means to express sorrow, regret, or unhappiness about something. The problem with many of us, perhaps, is that in practice what we do is we stop when we simply express our dissatisfaction with the current circumstance. But there is no healing and there is no peace by only expressing our dislike of a problem In fact, that just turns into complaining. Some of you may be in a pit of despair. I would guess that some of you also are not currently in a pit of despair. But maybe you're watching somebody next to you who is. And I would suggest that you need to learn also to grow in what lament before the Lord means so that you can be a voice of peace in the midst of chaos. In an article entitled Why We Lament When We're Not Lamenting, John Stark says this. He says, On any given Sunday, many people are going through lamentable seasons of suffering, pain, and loss. Paul calls us to weep with those who weep, Romans twelve fifteen, but we are often ill-equipped to do so. Our individualistic culture has taught us to care for ourselves, not others. We know how to give high fives with our friends, but we do not know how to weep with them. So whether you are currently in a pit of despair on your own, or whether you have an opportunity to walk with somebody who is and show them peace in chaos, we're going to spend the next few moments walking through the truth about lament. As we continue our Songs of Truth series through the Psalms. As we begin, I want to read something that Pastor Wayne said about the Lamentation Psalms. He says this He says, The Lamentation Psalms are critically important. They achieve a number of important things, including fostering honesty, engaging us with Yahweh, and preparing us for real praise. In fact, if we don't lament first, we will usually find ourselves unable to move into the future. Let's spend a few moments seeing how lament should play out. Let's begin with a story. Once upon a time, the heart of a nation turned to a new leader. A leader who manipulatively attacked the king, his very own father. This selfish rebel was so devious that he even managed to grab the king's own counselor and turn him towards the rebellion. As the threat of war loomed closer, the king decided to leave the city in order to take the fight elsewhere. (coughs) Leaving only a few to care for the palace, the king marched out of the city with his loyal servants ready to fight for him. And on the way, he gathered a few more allies for the fight and headed across the river towards the hill. And as the people crossed over the water into the valley, they wept. They cried aloud with heavy hearts as they left their homes. Soon the king made his way to a familiar hill, for this hill was one he had spent time on before. And on this hill, this king lamented before his God. Now, while much of this story could possibly apply to multiple nations and leaders, both in actual history and fictional history. This is actually a story about a man who I believe is probably one of the best at lamenting before the Lord and being honest with what's going on before his God, King David of Israel. The story is depicted in 2 Samuel 15 through 19. When David's son, Absalom, tried to take over the kingdom. In Psalm 3, which is will, be, will be today if you want to turn there, we find David's lament as he wades through the hell of being chased by his own son. And as we walk through Psalm 3 and these next few verses, we will see some basic elements of the prayers of lament. And these elements, if we take heart and watch how the psalmist David writes out his prayer, we will be able to to learn and process life and truth, allowing us to find peace in chaos, allowing us to help others do the same. The elements of lament. If you look at verse 1, Psalm 3, you find the introductory cry to God, two words that says, O Lord. O Lord. David began his cry to his creator. It is no small matter that one ready to lament in honesty cries out to God first. You know, it seems too often that we we might turn to others first who are not eternal. But as we learned last week, our daddy is enthroned. Our father is the most high over all the earth, Psalm 97 9 says. So David cries out to God, Oh. Lord. There are multiple examples of this cry if out. If you just turn to Psalm 22.1, David began that psalm, my God, my God. Crying out in distress then. In fact, those are the same words that Jesus used on the cross. My God, my God. And one verse later, in Psalm two two, "Oh." My God. Now, this might be a little soapboxy, so I ask you to to bear with me for a moment, but as I read this text, as I walk through these passages, I see David cry out to his God, there is a major difference, it appears, in saying, oh my God, oh Lord, my God, my God, crying out to the Creator, than what you and I do when we're texting friends and we're surprised about something and say, OMG. Perhaps we need to watch more of what we say. Because King David is crying out in real distress, oh my God, my God, my God, oh Lord. We need to learn to cry out, in desperation and knowing our need, recognizing who sits on the throne. Oh, Lord. Crying out to God, David then honestly shares his lamentable state before the Lord. He laments he shares the situation. He continues, says, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him and God. People are coming after him. His own son is coming after him to kill him, to overthrow him. And he simply states, this is what's going on, God. Out of desperation, not knowing what else to do, he cries out to the Lord and shares what's happening honestly. This is what they're telling me. I once had a friend tell me years ago, he's like, hey, if you're thinking something, you might as well tell the Lord because he already knows. There's no need to try to lie to yourself and lie to him because he's already sitting on his throne understanding. And if we're going to be honest before the Lord, if we're going to lament properly, we need to be honest with ourselves and with the Lord and cry out and say, this is what's going on and this is what I don't like. This is what I need. And as we do that, we can be like the psalmist David, knowing who's in charge and we can confess our trust in him just like David. Psalm 3 continues in 3, verse 3 verse 5, through 5. It says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. David's saying, I don't have to walk around my head down in anguish the whole time, even though he is in anguish, because he knows, though his foes are against him, the Lord is a shield about him. And the Lord lifts up his head, and he can walk into the future, whatever that holds. Confession of trust he knew who could trust. David Gusick, in his commentary on Psalm 3 says this. He says, under attack from a cunning and ruthless enemy, David needed a shield. He knew that God was a shield. This wasn't a prayer asking God to, f- to fulfill this. This was a strong declaration of fact. You, O Lord, are a shield for me. King David knew the truth. And as he was lamenting and crying out, he was able to confess this trust. And he continues in verse four, I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from this holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. I cried aloud to the Lord. He answered. When we lament properly in truth we are able to declare the truth and then live it out david declared the lord is his shield and he was able to lay his head down and sleep he was able in the midst of the storm to rest and wake up feeling refreshed revived because the lord had sustained him even though the immediate circumstances had not changed. What keeps you up at night? Are you finding this peace and rest? David's life is on the line. Do you understand what's going on here? His life is actually on the line. And he is able to sleep because he's crying out to the one who can give him true peace. And he doesn't have to be afraid. He's able to be courageous. And Because he doesn't have to be afraid, then he, and because he's confident in who God is, then David can petition the Lord for help. There is help needed. David needs something. You and I need lots of things. And in verse 7, he says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. You know, there are plenty of times in my life when I've cried out to God for help in a time of need. And while he always answers, sometimes the answers don't come immediately or the way I would like them. Sometimes all he says is what he says to Paul, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. You know, in the midst of all of this circumstance that David's going on, he actually found himself walking through a town and a guy was cursing him, throwing rocks at him. And one of David's servants looked up and says, King, I'll kill him for you. I'm paraphrasing of course. That's what he's saying. You want me to kill him? You want me to take care of him? How how dare he treat the king that way? David's response, because he knew who to go to help for, he said no. Leave him alone. Because he knew the Lord would repay and make everything right. He could depend on his God so he was able to ask God for help. God, you rise up. You strike them. You're the one that's going to do that, not me. Oh, how I wish I would learn this faster sometimes and not be one who curses those who curse me, but would rely on the Lord and cry out to him and allow him and his justice to take place in his time. asking the Lord for help in trouble, confidently trusting him to take care of the situation as he sees fit, this allows David to then make an expression of praise. And he finishes this short psalm with salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Salvation belongs belongs to the Lord, your blessing be on your people. King David knew where his hope rested. And because he was able to lament in truth before God, he was able to sleep in the midst of life-threatening circumstances and continue to lead others and care for other people. In the pit of despair, he was able to think of other people because he walked through this process And understood that salvation for himself and his people would only come from the Lord. And he could praise God for that truth. And David was able to live out what he penned in another psalm. Psalm 23, verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As King David lamented in truth before Yahweh, he was able to walk in strength and in peace. Not in fear. Though death surrounded him, he didn't have to walk in fear. This mighty warrior who killed lions and bears and giants was able to cry out and weep in the darkest of circumstances instead of doing what many of us do and stand up with stoic faces and lie about how we're doing. We run around saying we're fine all the while life around us is falling apart. Ladies and gentlemen, only when we lament properly, when we cry out to our God in truth, asking him to help us, can we actually say we are good. And in truth, we can say that because we, as believers of Jesus, know the King of the universe who holds everything in his hands, and we can rest in our God and say, I'm good because he's got me. So, how are you doing with lamenting in truth? Are you lamenting like King David, or are you just complaining? Are you, are you lamenting in truth, or are you just apathetic and don't care about the people around you? If you'll do something with me for just a moment. Write it down if you want. Just think about it, I have three questions. On a scale of one to five, one being never, five being always, answer these questions. One being never, five being always. In your pit of despair, when those things happen, how often do you go to the Lord first? How often do you go to the Lord first? One being never, five being always. Second question. How often are you asking the Lord for help and advice before someone else? I know that sounds like the same question. But sometimes we cry out to God and then we don't listen to him. So we'll cry out to God and then we'll go to our buddy or maybe the internet and find out some answers. How often are you asking the Lord for help and advice first and listening to him before someone else? One being never, five being always. Finally, how often are your cries to the Lord ending in confident statements of trust and praise? Now hopefully you can do the math here. Add those three up. If you got anything below a 15, I would suggest that you have some work to do, learning to lament in honesty before the Lord, learning from King David. If you got a 15, you come talk to me because we have a lot of work for you to do elsewhere. You will help us out. The last month of my life has been filled with lament. Now, fortunately, for my own sake, I guess, it's not necessarily about me personally. But everything I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon just about I have walked with other people and sat with and listened to people going through. I've walked with town people my own town as they reel in in anguish about police officers continuing getting killed. I have sat with families who are disbanding. Friends who are losing their, their parents. And I am learning more and more about what it means to cry out to God because guess what, I don't have the answers. I know you know that. We must learn how to lament better and better before our God so that we can sing and praise and rejoice and live life the way God has intended us to live. So we're gonna take a moment And we're going to practice. If you'd close your eyes for a moment. Let's lament. If you're in a pit of despair right now, I want you to spend the next few moments lamenting to God, pausing for just a moment and crying out to Him. Stating your situation, how you feel about it, are you scared, lonely, hurt, angry, confess your trust in him and ask him for help and praise him because he is always faithful. And for those of you who are not in a pit right now, I ask that you would spend the next moments lamenting for those who are. Your neighbor, your city, your country, cry out to God. Tell him what you don't like and what you want to change and ask him for help confessing that you know he's on the throne still. Take a few moments. I'm going to be silent. Let you pray. look at me for a moment. Perhaps there's somebody in here who you've never cried out to this Jesus. Today's the day. God who created you in his image wants to, for you to be with him forever. And the only way that will happen because sin got in the way. You know you're a sinner. Sin got in the way. But Jesus... God's son died on the cross and he rose again. and the, Lord, the the Scriptures say, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So, if you don't know this Jesus, I ask that you would trust him today. And if you have questions about that, come see us afterwards. We'd love to talk to you about that. As we continue to lament and learn to lament, I want to share with you a, a new ministry. Uh, directed at one aspect and one aspect of uh, area of life where we lament. When we lose somebody close to us to death, uh, it, is a, it is a very devastating process. Many of you have been through that. We are starting a new ministry called Grief Share. Grief Share is a 13-week class that puts people around you and walks you through some curriculum, walks you through some of the things we've talked today just about wanting, learning to lament and cry out to God in the truth, understanding who God is, who Christ is, what he came to do, and living life so that you can move into the future. So if you have lost a loved one and need some help walking through that, we want to help you. The class begins on March 4th. It's in the back of your bulletin. It's on the website. Please take a look at that. Um, If you know a neighbor, a friend, somebody else who needs this, please invite them. We would love to help walk with them through this process. And in that, too, if you are one who cares or have done this before and who wants to help care for people in these moments, we want to invite you to join us. We're looking for a few more people to help us sit with these individuals and walk through this lament with these individuals who are grieving. We want to invite you to join us. We'll get back to the information. You can email me. Come find me. Um, uh, you can register online. And if you have any questions, let, uh, let us know about that. Let me pray. Father in heaven, we are grateful that you are our shield. That when life around us is unbearable, when we're sitting in the pit of despair waiting to be killed, walking through the, the, the difficulties of our day, now we know that you are around and that you will sustain us. Help us to lament and trust you so that we can sing songs of joy, so that we can walk into the future, so we can imagine what it would be like to help other people see this peace, that we would be useful because you have redeemed and sustained us. Father, we thank you for this time of offering. May you take every penny and help us show others your peace by being honest before you, our creator. In Jesus' name, amen.